Story number one, Soup, written by Bitter23. We were a melting pot of waves and ripples, a constant flow and ebb of energy, a curdled liquid existence, barrier-free movement with no stop or start, and for a moment part of us knew. Felt heat and high movement, felt cold when slow, for a moment part of us preferred a specific state. Sought out to absorb the other parts of us to maintain that flow. We had a single moment of selective senses, and reality perceived not as a soup, but as solids, liquids, and gas. An opaque and a transparent barriers to touch, overcome, move, and break as hunger, thirst, and recognition. For a moment, part of us saw and separated what we saw into beginnings and ends, life and death, sound and silence, selectively perceived and defined us as a necessity or harm we willed, appreciated beauty for the first time, in the movement of the water through the air, of the wavelength of light and the ways we clung to the textures, Enraptured by distinction and variation split between us, there was a moment of hunger for understanding all of us, understanding that, which part of us experienced as themselves, in contrast to everything else. We were named, described, and studied deeper, deeper, and deeper, and more minuscule, and we both learned and knew that all we were, all of us, was nuclei, waves, and energy. An instance of existence of time and space, a sentience, thought and dreams, ideas of finding other parts of ourselves who would consider themselves other and individual, who, like us, could perceive the desire acknowledgement of the selective reality, by whom we could imagine, as we did for them. For a part of us had self-awareness and feared losing it, one brief flash of terror leaving no trace to be remembered, that our experience was the only one that it would vanish with us, dissolving back into oblivion, to never be fathomed again. End of story number one. Story number two. Gone in a Flash, written by Mr. Jake the Impaler. There is always a sense of excitement when a new species arrives in the galactic scene. For most other species, this excitement is mostly limited to the possible trade routes and an increased workforce. But for those who still see the luster of new faces, it is time for celebration and hope. Every race tends to have some different trait or quirk or talent, it is widely believed that in order to become a dominant species on your home world to achieve spaceflight, three things are required. Natural resources, obviously, intelligence, and an X-factor. Now, this X-factor can be one of a billion things. It can be as exciting as the Geth and their ability to manipulate the electromagnetic waves, or as boring as the gelatinous Broxteers and their obsession with perfect comfort. While most appreciate fantastic upgrades to the chairs, it is boring and, quite frankly, unnerving. When humans first arrived, the search for their X-Factor began, but between the various experts in the galactic community and the road people, we just couldn't nail it down. For a while, it was whispered that their X-Factor was having no X-Factor. 
They were not average in most ways. It was just that there were obvious aspects of life, and some not so obvious. There was always someone more extreme than them. Violent history surpassed by the Chitari, who are currently on the fifth civil war of the galactic year. Insanity for the mad engineering surpassed by the Kana, who have spent several years attempting to build a spaceship with no hull. After the 17th failure, many stopped sending their condolences. Hardiness? They were strong, but the Quartagal had survived far, far worse. Maybe domestication and their obsession with adopting and riding animals. They came close. But, unfortunately, the Goth, the species caused much debate in the field of convergent evolution and linguistics, have the ability to understand and communicate with nearly any animal with enough time. They have several interesting customs that will not be discussed at this time. For many years, the debate stalled and spiraled, many suspecting that it was something so simple and boring that we either already had it or wouldn't care about it. Until one year, Kanya managed to get sponsored by an unknown party to develop a new weapon. We're unsure of its intended purpose or design, but the catastrophic failure caused a breakdown in this system. A black hole began to swirl in space near their homeworld, the star was being stripped bare, planets devoured whole. Some survived, but it was a blow to the psyche of the community as a whole. Nearly every species, including some of the very old ones, expressed concerns over this event. The black hole spawned, was growing irregularly and behaving oddly. The outermost planets of the system was wobbly orbit. The black hole grew and shrunk, expelling blasts of energy at random intervals. It matched none of the agreed laws of the universe. Probes and research teams were dispatched to investigate and diagnose this thing that ignored the laws of physics. It wasn't long after that that a discovery was made. The device that spawned the black hole was still in existence. A new wave of hope spread. That was quickly killed. The device was stationary and seemingly invulnerable to the event horizon of the black hole, passing over its expanding and shrunk, like a rock standing stubbornly against the waves. It was impossible to know how long it would even be visible once the window opened. Weapons were tried, but even complicated lasers found themselves bent and distorted away from the device. Physical weapons large enough to ignore the pull of the black hole long enough were torn apart before they could impact properly. Smart projectiles would be fired by the electromagnetic waves that came from the black hole. It seemed hope was lost. The task was impossible. Until someone made the mistake of telling the wrong group of humans. The excitement that surged through their species and the drive into their work was a spectacle to behold. They borrow, stole, recreated and adapted technology for several other species. They even tried their hand in the ship with no hull. The community watched in disbelief, and we thought this had to be their X-Factor. Just like the black hole, they hated the idea of being told to obey the laws of the universe. When their ship was finally finished, the pilot selected. The reaction of the various species of galaxy were, uh, mixed. They had managed to build a ship with no hull. The atmosphere and mechanics contained within layers of false fields. The temperature within was considered inhospitable to most species, including the humans. 
The pilot rigged with the setup then made the Broxdeers who saw it scream. He was provided counseling and further viewing was banned from their world. But when the day came, the ship launched. The humans had always had a fascination with the engines of other species. We never quite understood as they asked for details on how far they could get pushed. They had never taken into account that the engines of their ships, the luxury of light speed, space stations and other wonders, we had mostly given up on having powerful engines. Such a thing was just excess. More materials used and more heat to deal with. We thought the humans would be somber, watching the champion as he emerged from between the space of light speed. Instead, they all waited in anticipation as the ship waited for its window. The starting line was three light seconds from the event horizon. We did not understand the ship's name, but soon we would. Sir Jaeger started up a flare of plasma and began to tear through space. The humans began to cheer, and he shot through space. Now there are many reasons why light speed is a wonder, the closest that we've gotten to magic. Rapid acceleration does many things to the body and the hull of the ship. But the humans knew this as sure as we did, but they were insane enough to do it anyway. The force fields mitigated the hull damage. The body would still be destroyed, and we wept for the human in the chair. But the humans were sane enough and hardy enough to devise a system to keep him alive during the process. By a combination of Bronxteer's technology, anti-gravity and other combinations combined with their own natural hardiness and some cybernetic augmentations, the man survived. There was some blood spray and the man would likely not survive long after the mission was over, if he survived at all. But it seemed that they did not care. The ship swiftly broke all known records for speeds achieved by any manned craft, as well as many by unmanned craft. It tore through space, any debris it struck being flung violently into deep space. The view provided by the nearby ships and research stations cut in and out the cameras would change frantically. The galaxy watched in shock, awe and horror. The galaxy was holding its breath, except for one small corner. The humans were yelling and cheering, urging the champion on. On the edge of the seats, the galaxy watched this man spit in the face of the laws of the universe. As he neared it, the machine began to emerge from the event horizon. The coordinates locked in and the ship shot towards it. The force fields began to distort as he drew closer and closer. But he held strong. The machinery began to snap, sparks flying in the air, arcs of electricity flying amongst the sparks of fire, fields distorting around him. The human sent his final message back to us. My name is Yuri Gogarin, and I am the fastest man alive. The ship slammed into the device and an explosion ripped through the system as the black hole destabilized, releasing the energy of a star in a large wave. The rest of the galaxy joined humanity in this celebration, astounded by what had just happened. The Kanya released a prepared statement, swearing loyalty and fealty to the human race unending. It was not until weeks later, during a briefing into the entire plan the humans had enacted, amnesty was granted for the most acts of theory, when finally were able to nail down the X-Factor that they possessed. The prospective pilot was being interviewed and was asked to explain the reason why he would give his life for the cause. 
He simply looked at the camera and smiled. I feel it. The same thing that drove all other idiots like me in history. This is the reason I became a pilot. The hunger in my soul. And I need this. I feel the need. The need for speed. We had not understood the aspects of humanity promptly, and it all began to click. From the beginning, the humans had domesticated horses and other animals so that they could ride them, not for the sake of strategy or companionship, but to be faster. We thought their development of unusable combustion engines and nuclear fission was their insanity manifesting. We thought that their achievement in spaceflight was a demonstration of their intellect. But finally, the phrase translated properly, the space race. The humans did not carry out a mission to save Kanya. That was just an added benefit, and a good way to get funding. The humans did not do this to prove wrong those who dared to tell them they couldn't do it. They just made it more fun. The humans did not do this to innovate and create new elements of interspecies trade and collaboration. That was just an unintended side effect. The humans had fought the laws of the universe, proved the galaxy wrong, and developed this technology for one simple reason. They wanted to go faster. End of story number two.